Well, duh, we have to talk about Ukraine because what is going on in Ukraine? I can hardly tell you anything because I barely know, but we're gonna talk about it, so let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around, because we're gonna laugh and we're gonna learn, and above all else, we're going to gain perspective. Okay, so obviously we have to talk about Ukraine and we have to talk about Ukraine right this minute because it is insane. The wild propaganda, narrative, craziness, rabbit trailing, just... It's like nothing I've experienced. And I we just came through freaking COVID. So I'm like, this is a whole new beast. What is happening with the information warfare and the narrative just heyday that is happening around this conflict between Russia and Ukraine. And to be quite honest with you, I do not feel prepared to do this episode. I do not feel like I know what the heck is going on. I know some stuff. I believe very little thing. <laughs> There's a low level of what I actually believe I know about this conflict. So please take all those disclaimers ahead of time. But I do want to just say there, as my friend Mel always says, there is power in the pause. And everybody needs to take a quick lesson from everything we've learned over the last two years. And remember... Everything is not as it appears. The things they want you to know and see are not necessarily the things that are true. The actions they want you to take are not necessarily the actions that are in your or my or Ukraine or Russia's best interest. We just learned this the absolute hardest way possible over the last two years. So I just want to say the very first thing, the thing that I know for sure is that this is a moment where we must be still. And there is a comment that was given to my dear friend recently about, she posted a scripture on social media about end times. And I think you should always feel confident posting scripture because scripture is always true and always applicable, sometimes taken out of context, but never, you know, never untrue. And it was something about, you know, wars and rumors of war from Matthew, that verse. And, and someone was really upset that she posted it. And ultimately, they were upset because they felt she was sitting in privilege from the United States saying, you know, ha basically having the um, ability to have a casual or, or the perception was that she had a casual opinion of what was happening in Ukraine and that clearly she should be way more outraged and way more emotional and way more erratic about her response to what's happening to the people in Ukraine. Now, I know, I think I know <laughs> the heart of God, right? And I think we can agree that the heart of God is hurting for the innocent civilians in Ukraine as he is hurting for the innocent citizens of Russia and the innocent citizens of every other country on the face of this earth that is experiencing suffering right now because that is a great number. 
And I know that the heart of God is for those people. So make no mistake, I don't mean to in any way minimize or sit in my, you know, American privilege as I declare that we need to just hold the phone on this whole thing and pause, okay? Because if we take action, and it's just so reminiscent to me of um, September 11th specifically, and I was just a baby. I was 17. I turned 18 September 15th of that year. So just a couple days later, I was a baby then, but I remember, and I'm sure you do too, very clearly the way that I felt and the way that I felt as an American and the unity that I experienced as American in that time. I'm sure you remember this, right? That there was no question that we had to act, that we had to act now, that we needed to think about it later. And there was not even like, again, I was 17. There is not even a clear understanding when I look back as to, you know, if I knew who the actual enemy was, like who we needed to be going out into the world and fighting um, as a retaliation for what happened on September 11th. I don't even think I knew that for sure. I just knew somebody has got to pay for this. This injustice needs to be righted and you know who needs to write it? We do, we need to write it. And let me just stay, stay for a second and remind us that actually God is the author of justice and he actually knows the truth and he is good and just and we can count on his justice always being perfect and we can almost count on our justice always being imperfect, rushed, emotional, lacking perspective, etc. Now, the reason why I feel like we just all rushed in September 11th to unifying around this common goal of we must throw bombs at people right now is it was very, very emotionally driven because we felt hurt and scared and attacked. And I understand that emotional response. It's the same reason in the beginning of 2020, 2020 that I put a mask on and didn't leave my house and wiped down my groceries. I'm not, I did that. I did that, you guys. I'm sorry. There was not a lot of information at the beginning. I am always just the same way I am now, skeptical and unsure and just wasn't sure what we were being told was the truth or not. And turns out it wasn't the truth that we were being told, but I jumped into the wrong conclusions. Happy to say that now because I have, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, And I see that now. And I see that about September 11th, hindsight is 2020. We were emotional and we responded and we unified and it resulted in a 21 year long conflict with two countries. And at the end of it, we can't even remember who it was we were mad at, why they we were mad at them and how exactly they were connected to planes hitting our buildings. I don't know if very many people in this country could explain why we were in Afghanistan or Iraq for that matter and how those pieces connected to planes hitting towers, but that was the catalyst for a blank check for our government to go and quote unquote, defend our honor, you know, on the world stage and bomb whoever the heck they'd like for 21 years and spend how, I don't even know how many generations worth of dollar bills on a conflict that resulted in us leaving all of the equipment and uh, several military men being killed in those final hours, right? In Afghanistan. So this is just so reminiscent. And I, I'm just like, you guys, we, we already learned this lesson. It lets everybody take a breath, everybody pause, everybody recognize that we don't actually know what's going on. And if you think you've got it figured out, I promise you, you don't. Promise you, you don't, you're wrong. 
I feel like I know a little bit, a very, very little bit, and I have zero idea of what is actually going on. And I, I'm just so honored. And it was my, my hope that I could be a place where people could come and ask questions and that I would know where to direct them for answers or even be able to answer it myself or be able to ask my husband or bring on somebody onto this podcast that would help, you know, offer perspective. And I have had a number of people ask me what the heck is going on in Ukraine. And unfortunately, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you what I do know, because I think these are things that we can all know and research and learn about. And they change or shift in my heart because everybody's like, oh, we got to go. Biden has got to do something. And probably... (laughs) probably that's true. What does he need to do? I'm not sure. And is he going to do the right thing? I don't know. And should Americans go there? I don't think so. I don't think so. That is my opinion. At this very moment, it could change because I'm willing to change my opinion. But here are some things that we do know. I just heard a maddening little press conference snippet from our dear friend Jen Psaki it is so frustrating. Oh my gosh. Every time I hear, every time I see her face frozen in a, um, in a little video that I'm about to play, I'm just like, brace yourself for wanting to stab yourself in the eye because some of the things that she says, I'm sure she's a lovely human, maybe. Um, some things I'm just like, are you serious? Do you hear the words that are coming out of your mouth? But she just said that she thinks, Biden thinks, the administration thinks that we should lower our dependence on foreign oil, that we should be more energy independent. And I just, you know, gosh, I'm really glad that I wasn't in the room. And I give just all the creds, kudos to anybody who was in that room and didn't feel the need to throw a tomato. Because if you'll remember, Trump had us energy energy independent, <laughs> just about two years ago. And first order of business, most important thing that Biden needed to do on day one of his, you know, in office was increase our dependence tremendously on foreign oil by shutting down the uh, Keystone pipeline in here in our country, just shutting it down hundreds of, or I'm sorry, probably tens of thousands of jobs lost. I can't remember the number. Tons of jobs lost right out of the gate. A lot of those people having been union workers who typically vote for uh, the left. So that's extra salt in the wound on that first day in office. But the just the irony. Oh, man, it just hurts me a little bit. And the same way that I see some people on the left being like, arm those Ukrainians. They need to fight back <laughs> against this invasion. Give the civilians the arms. I'm like, oh, what is happening? Do you hear yourself? Are you kidding me? Do you remember how you hate how we have civilians that are armed in this country? Do you forget that that's like exactly the purpose that we keep telling you it's for and how you're like, that's just evil incarnate and all the stuff. So it just is rough. It's rough, you know, to, to hear things like that come out of her mouth. But yes, we were fully energy independent just a couple years ago, and we do know for sure that we buy 600,000 barrels of oil a day from Russia. I think it's 9% of our oil comes from Russia. So, you know, we're in a pickle. We're in a pickle because we're trying to hate Russia a little bit. And uh, Russia has been just the big, bad, bad guy for a long time. And if you guys didn't catch our last podcast, my husband and I, it's a two-parter. 
um, it's entitled Hillary, and it goes a little bit into the the history that brought us to this point here with Putin and Russia and Ukraine. And, and <laughs> man, that is just, it's so funny. You have to go back and listen because there's a lot here. It is not just as simple as, as you know, it's kind of, it reminds me of orange man bad. Like Trump is bad. Trump is bad. Trump is bad. Putin is bad. Putin is bad. Putin is bad. Yes, he's bad. He's bad. He's bad. You know, I swear an oath to the badness of these people that you tell me to hate. It is just so just they've got it down to a science and we respond just like the bell rings and we salivate, right? Like we just know exactly how to respond to the narrative put in front of us. Yes, we have to save Ukraine, you know. So we know that we are very, very dependent. Not very, very, but 9% is is pretty dang dependent. I think if, when, if, and when we lose that, um, that dependence on Russia... It's going to be tricky, but I would just say maybe it's not a great plan. And, you know, a lot of the countries in Europe are going to have this same problem is they're almost entirely dependent for natural gas coming from Russia, like Germany, for example, almost entirely dependent on Russia for that source of their energy. That was maybe a bad plan if you don't like Russia, just thinking that maybe you don't want to put your entire country's dependence on a potential enemy, right? Just maybe not great. I just, you know, food for thought. So we need to very quickly turn on all the things that Biden turned off and become ended in energy independent. I think that that's a smart plan. Jen and I finally agree on something. That's good news. So other things that we do know about this conflict in Ukraine is that Ukraine is not a democracy, not the way that we would define democracy. And we have a very poor and loose (laughs) definition of democracy these days, but under no circumstances would Ukraine qualify. So let's just keep that in mind. Zelensky, I believe is the president's name, was installed by a color revolution that was essentially funded by the United States government. And we talk about that a little bit in um, our last podcast. And if I'm remembering correctly, it was like 2014, somewhere in that land during the, or just right after, no, during the Russian Olympic Games. And it was a total poking of the bear from America being the aggressor towards Russia. Russia is always painted as the aggressor. That is not the case. Now, again, I have to pause before I go any further. This is not an argument for Putin being a good guy. We said this on the last podcast, but I need to reiterate, Putin, bad guy, Putin, not good. But I can understand Putin's patriotism for his own country, right? Because we, I feel similarly about my, my own country. So I can understand why he is angry at America. I can understand why he is doing what he's doing. It's bad. And I don't like that he's a super powerful country and Ukraine isn't as powerful. And I don't think that's a fair fight. And, you know, there's a million things. I'm not defending Putin here. Okay. But... It just, we just have to remember these little details that when Russia was hosting the Olympic Games and could not defend or retaliate, we participated in the coup, essentially, that placed the president in charge in Ukraine. And that was a big poke at Russia, and we did it when Russia couldn't retaliate, and that's like lame. It's lame. It's the same way that I think America shouldn't be getting up in everybody else's business and establishing, you know, I'm like... It reminds me of when I was in, sorry, I'm all over the place. This is what happens when I just shoot from the hip, folks. But I was like, we've got to get this out today because everybody is just on high confusion, right? 
When I was in Madrid, Spain, in 2003, I happened to be in the airport when they were bombed. <laughs> that was a fun day. It was my first moment ever standing outside of the country, and I was in the airport by myself as a, oh gosh, I was in college. And um, the perspective I had as an American in a country that was bombed by Al-Qaeda and how they hated Americans for it. They blamed America. We're the ones that actually created Al-Qaeda. We're the ones that is causing a problem all over the dang place. They know way more about who America really is than the Americans do. <laughs> and then I happened to be in London two years later, or yeah, in 2005, when London was bombed, same thing. I remember going to see a movie that night in London, and so the, the man said, your president did blah, 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 said something to me about my president, which at the time was Bush Jr., and I was like, he's not my president. Like, I don't like him. I didn't vote for him. You know, like I was all defensive, but I'm like, it's so interesting that you saw right away that this was actually America's doing and that we had caused the conflict that resulted in your country being bombed by a terrorist organization, essentially. And it's our fault. And you see that. And I just couldn't really understand that at the moment. But this is what we did to Russia during the Olympic Games. And so as a retaliation, as soon as the Olympic Games ended, I believe he came into Crimea, if I'm not mistaken. And um, that was a retaliation. And, you know, again, we were able to say, he's so bad. Look what he's doing, blah, blah, blah. But it was, we did it first. Like, you know, it's just this tit for tat. There is a history behind it. And to be quite frank, I had to go look at the map and go, okay, how big is Ukraine? How close is Ukraine? What are the other countries around Ukraine? Because that is not readily available to me in my brain, as I'm sure it is not you, maybe. And so we can't come in as like experts. And I'm not coming in as an expert at all on what is happening and say, we should do X, Y, Z. This is why I started this out saying, I don't have any idea what we should do. I don't know if we should do anything. As a matter of fact, right now, I think we should be pausing. We should be assessing. We should be reviewing our history. We should be recognizing, okay, who is Putin? Why is he acting this way? Who is Zelensky? Why is he acting this way? What is actually happening? Why are we being presented the narrative that we're being presented? Why is it that I am seeing a thousand images of how Ukraine is kicking Russia's butt, which makes no sense in my brain. It should be going the exact opposite. Russia is huge and not just huge geographically, but huge in terms of power. And Russia's small and weak, or I'm sorry, Ukraine is small and weak. So like, why on earth is Russia not kicking their butt? Why is it even lasting this long, right? That's a question. Why is all of the images I'm seeing of Ukraine kicking butt and no, no images of Russia kicking butt? Like, why is that propaganda being fed to me? And I say propaganda because so much of what I have seen in terms of video has been proven to have been false or misleading. Meaning, we, I saw an image or some video of the Ukrainian president at the front lines. Well, that was from December. That is not from this week, right? I saw um, footage that ended up having been from a video game, not actually real life, of a Ukrainian airplane shooting down a Russian aircraft or so that was what it was depicted. I've seen pictures of, of people holding pictures of guns, not like cardboard cutouts of guns, not actual guns. It's just very strange that there's a lot of video that is being proven to have been false. Why is that happening? Why is it only happening on one side? Going back to Ukraine not being a democracy, we do know that Zelensky is massively corrupt. He silences and arrests his opposition, politically, journalism, all of that. He's, this is not just a straight up and down democracy and we need to rush in and defend democracy anywhere it pops up. 
that is not the way that this works or this is that is not an accurate depiction of what Ukraine is or who Ukraine is. Some other just fun facts to keep in mind. We know that Hunter Biden, our dear first son, worked for an oil company in Ukraine. So it's just kind of funny and strange a little bit that this is like potentially this is stirring up our our oil reserves. We're seeing this massive inflationary climate. The petrodollar is at risk. It, like all of those things we know we've talked about on other podcasts. Like it just is just interesting, worth noting, worth taking a look at. We do know that Biden, the president, the leader of the free world, took the weekend off, went to Delaware this past weekend. Today's Monday as I'm recording this. He was just off, just took a little three-dayer. So, you know, didn't, hasn't addressed the nation about it. Specifically, hasn't gone to Ukraine or Russia to be like, hey guys, let's knock it off. Russia, Ukraine, what do you want? What do you need? Like facilitate, be a third party. I mean, that sounds like a fine idea instead of just sending in troops or continuing to, you know, slap sanctions. I mean, again, I'm not against sanctions. I don't want this conflict to balloon into World War III. Do I think it will? I don't know. At first, I was like, no way. And now I'm like, gosh, you know, I hate to always bring it back to Hitler, but that's just a piece of history I know well. (laughs) I'm like, when he started doing his, taking his moves and doing his invasions, we didn't take it seriously. I don't mean we, the Americans, I mean we, the West, did not take it seriously enough, soon enough. And by the time we got involved, we were, you know, the rest of Europe was basically getting their butts kicked. It was like he started invading little tiny places, little countries, and all of a sudden he's in Paris, you know. So I don't know. I don't know if Russia is going to stop here, if they're going to be defeated. I don't know. I don't know, and I'm not sure what we should be doing, but I don't think Biden should be taking the weekend off. I do know that Putin does not seem as easily connected or connected at all. It's hard to even say one way or another. It is not clear if Putin is in any way connected to the New World Order, a.k.a. the Great Reset, a.k.a. the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, like these, you know, listen to the Great Reset podcast I did. I don't know where Putin sits on any of that. But I do know George Soros, who is a Hungarian, you know, he's called an investor. I don't even know what he is, his title would be, but he basically funds every single progressive, aggressive left move in our country. He's a Hungarian billionaire. His money is in, his money is all over the 2020 election. His money is in small precincts in Arizona and Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania and these really strange um, places that the election went a little bit funky this last time around. If George Soros has his hand on it, I know that I don't need to be anywhere near where he's standing and he is very loudly in support of Ukraine. I don't know. We know that much. And I say, okay, if he is team Ukraine, then I cannot be team Ukraine. Again, doesn't mean I'm team Russia. It's just an interesting thing we know. It's a thing that we know. We do know that we just gutted our military. We've lost a lot of guys to dishonorable discharge, to injury. You guys don't remember, or you guys remember, I should say, that we've, there was a whistleblower that came forward and basically revealed the, the staggering increase in infertility, in heart disorders, in panic disorders, in um, all kinds of medical ailments 
being reported in the military database, which is very, very closely monitored because these guys have to go in for physicals all the time. They're all up to date. And it just is happening post-vaccination. So we know that there was a whistleblower that came forward. And I don't know if you followed that story, but the military then basically corrected five years of data to basically make last year's data not look so staggering. They said, oh, the, all the other years were a mistake. And this isn't actually an increase. We just failed to report all of the other medical issues for the last five years, which is actually called fraud. But, you know, that's just a little funny tidbit that we have actually gutted our military recently. And I don't even think it's just us. I think it's globally, you know, our fighting force is weakened and if not depleted. And there is a an attempt to subvert the loyalty to is it a loyalty to the president? Is it a loyalty to the country, right? Just a small subversion. I don't actually know where the state of our military is right now. I don't know the great majority of our military where they would say their loyalty is, but it should never be to a president. We also know that Putin has been in power in Russia since Bush Sr., okay? Bush Sr., then we have Clinton. Then we have Bush Jr., then we have Obama, then we have Trump. Putin has seen it all. He has been on the throne, so to speak, of Russia the entire time. So he's played a long game. He knows way more about the ebbs and flows of our system. And this is totally a you know vulnerability, if you will, of our republic over here in America, is that our leadership is changing often and our strategy, our foreign policy is changing often, whereas Putin's has remained the same this entire time. So that's just something we know, however that factors in. We also know that war is really big business. War is big business. Now, I'm inclined to think that the powers that be want to actually collapse our country and they don't want to rescue our company, our country. But if they did want to rescue our company, getting into a giant war would help because we could all of a sudden spend a bunch of money producing goods and exporting goods and supporting the war effort and in Europe and all of these things. So we just know that war is big business and it has been big business for America for a long time, which is why we've been in constant war up to and including Trump, but not any new conflicts under Trump, but he would be the only one in the last however many presidencies that has not got us into conflict. And we also know that Biden gave Russia basically a pass to do exactly what they're doing right now. He said, as long as it would be a minor incursion, you can expect no response from the United States, which of course he didn't def define what a minor incursion would be or was, but he's made that public statement, which in my mind was like, why did he just say that? He basically just said, go for it, Putin, which is interesting. I don't know how that plays in. It's just something that we know. What I think, now we're wandering into not what I know, what I think. What I think is this is a big, fat, giant distraction a big fat giant distraction. It is a look over here, look over here, don't look over there. And I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why that's happening. But again, it's reminiscent of September 11th. We want you to be unified. We want you to be emotional. We want you to be fearful. We want you to be talking about this. Everybody needs to be talking about this. Two months ago, everybody was talking about COVID. Today, everybody's talking about Ukraine. It's very interesting how they can just shift the conversation. We also know that Hillary had this massive bombshell thing come out last week, which is why I did that, con that podcast on, you know, the history of Hillary, if you will, but that she was just revealed to have been spying on the seated president, Donald Trump, during his 
time in office, as well as his campaign before that, which is treasonous and just so egregious. We know that, and that just came out, and now no one's even talking about that. I think most people don't even know that that happened, but it's really interesting. They can just change what we're talking about. They can change what we're thinking about. They can change what we're afraid of. They can change our emotions. Be aware of that. Why are they doing it? Why are they doing it? Why the massive propaganda? Why is nobody talking about the actual things? Why is it that everyone is so confused that no one can actually say we know for sure what's going on? Why is that nobody can say what is actually real? We know also that Zelensky is a actor. Like he is an actor, a professional actor. That is what his job was before he was the leader of Ukraine. That's interesting. Why? Why is this feeling like a show with like a, or a cup game a giant cup game where it's like which cup is the truth under let's switch it all around and see it's almost like this whole thing is intentionally misleading and intentionally confusing and it intentionally disrupted and we just need to ask why and we need to ask where else should we be looking where else should we be looking but i know for sure that we should be still we should be still i hope and pray that this prompts Americans into a posture of prayer and reflection and listening for Holy Spirit because that's where the answers actually are. He's the only one that knows. It It isn't about, let me just listen to another podcast and let me just watch three more videos and let me just follow this lead down this rabbit trail and then I'll know what the heck is going on. No, <laughs> you won't. I won't. We won't. And trust me, I'll do some of that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, not being hard on you. I just listened to a podcast before I was recording this podcast. So I'm still taking in the information and I'm trying to discern and I'm praying and I'm asking Holy Spirit, what is it you want me to see? What is it you want me to do? What is it you want me to say? And I, I would hope that so many more of us would be doing just that in this time instead of being driven by our emotions in the exact direction that they want us to be moving. So one of the things that people are suggesting is there's a, a vaccine pass some health card, and I need to learn more about this also, that's being distributed in a lot of states, a lot of red states, actually here in the United States and across the, across the globe, but primarily in the United States. That's interesting that this is being rolled out during this narrative shift away from COVID. Everybody's dropping their masks. Everybody's dropping the Vax passport. Everybody's, you know, kind of taught, so we're over it. We're done. We're, you know, which I find to be very ironic since we have the State of the Union tomorrow. Our president will address our nation and tell us how things are going and he need, he better say something good because we got midterms in November and he better say something good because Democrats are about to get their body bottoms handed to them in the midterms because of the way that things are going and he can't talk positively about inflation so he's got to talk about how he conquered COVID and he conquered COVID because the perception with all of the states, primarily Democratic states, dropping all their mandates because they were the only ones that still had any it appears that magically COVID has ended. So it's just kind of funny that that's happening, but then secretly there's this other health card that's going around and being distributed. So I'm, I need to learn more about that. And that is possibly why what we're supposed to be paying attention to instead of the Ukraine-Russia conflict, I'm not sure. My opinion and my husband's opinion is the economic collapse that I've been singing about and telling you all about that is, is eminent. It's not possible, it is eminent. It is a matter of how catastrophic it will be, OK? 
okay? There will be some collapse. I'm not just talking about the real estate market. I'm not just talking about the stock market. I'm talking about potentially the collapse of the dollar itself and all of those things come with that. Could It's a level of catastrophe that I'm unsure of, but it is not a will it happen. <laughs> it is coming. So my opinion is this is a big smokescreen. And again, going back to oil and the petrodollar and how Russia has been trying to subvert that or so we think for a long time with China, our true enemies, right? Potentially, we are positioning ourselves to be able to blame Putin for the economic collapse instead of Biden or instead of, you know, the deep state or whatever. If we can just blame, you know, Russia man bad, he's bad for all these things. He's bad because he invaded Ukraine and that caused our economic to, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's what I suspect. That's what I wonder. It's my opinion is that this is just a smoke and mirrors distraction to cover for the coming economic collapse. You guys, inflation is at 7.5% that they're admitting that is a 40 year high and they have done nothing at all to correct it yet other than is printing money. Okay, great. But they haven't raised the rates or done anything aggressive to stop this inflation, which means we have not yet hit the peak. It is not almost over. It is not on its way down. <laughs> We're actually moving into the summer and spring, which is the largest time of using oil, right? So we're, this is not slowing down. It's not like we're just about to get over it. It's transitory. None of those things are true. It is here to stay or here to get worse, likely get worse and stay. <laughs> those, that's the deal. So if we can blame it on Putin, great. If we can use that as a catalyst to get into war, great, better, right? They can say, oh, well, we have to because now our, econo our economy. And actually, it's very interesting because money speaks. Right now, Russia Russia's economy is in just absolute it collapse because there's a run on the banks because people are trying to pull their money out and because they don't see that Russia is soundly taking Ukraine and they're freaking out. And anytime there's a run on the banks, we can talk about that in the Great Depression, it crashes the economy. This is, again, opinion, eh, half fact, half opinion, why Trudeau flipped the switch on the Emergencies Power Act, which again, we haven't been talking about that too much have we in the last couple of days? That was all the rage last week and the week before Trudeau and his authoritarianism. He went too far. He did something. And Charles, Klaus Schwab was like, you better sit down. You better pipe down because you are drawing way too much attention to the way that you're trying to take over your country. You need to do it quieter. It's, it's drawing too much negative attention. And there was a massive rush on the banks when Canada, Trudeau, started to say, we're going to freeze your accounts. If you're at the protest, we're going to do X, Y, Z. We're going to, you know, stop your digital currency, all of that. You know what people did? They went to the bank and they got their money out as they freaking should have. And it caused a rush on the banks and it caused a little mini collapse that nobody talked about in Canada. And I think that is what forced his hand. I think that and his handler told him to sit down. But it's interesting that money talks that economy is usually the driving force and it's all about dollars. It's all about money. So instead of looking where your emotions tell you to look, instead of looking where the news or the propaganda or the videos or the rabbit holes tell you to look, I would say, ask God, pray, search, seek. And also, where is the money? Where does it make sense? Where's the motive, the financial motive? Because almost always that's where the truth is. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com.
Heavenly Father, glad today as I am glad every day that you are God and I am not and that you have a plan and it is good for our good, for Ukraine's good, for Russia's good, for anyone who believes in you, I should say. Not any country, but any individual heart who is turned towards you. Your plans are good. Your protection is sound. And your ways and your justice are to be trusted. And you are faithful. And we can count on that. And when we don't know what the heck is happening, it's because we're not supposed to. Because it's confusing by design. And we need only to be still and know that you are God and you have the answers. And if we're meant to know any of those answers, we will get them from you and you alone, Lord. And I just pray that we would all turn our hearts to you more and more and more each day and pray for the innocent lives and pray for salvation and pray for restoration and redemption and revelation, Lord. I just pray for all of these things in your son's name. Amen.